I would like to invite all the little boys and girls to come up and join me. Okay, so who can tell me what the past Advent candles were? Does anyone remember what some of them are? God. <laughs> Hope, that was one. Good one. Hope, love, enjoy, yep. Peace. Good job. I think we got them all there. Good job, guys. So, yeah, the first candle was the candle of hope. In the Bible, to hope means to wait patiently for something, for something good that is coming. God's people, the people of Israel, were told to hope for the Messiah. Easton, you want to light the first candle? The second Advent candle is the candle of love. In the Bible, God's love is not just a warm feeling that God has towards us. He made a decision and a promise to save us by sending his son, Jesus, to be the light of our sinful world. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> the third Advent candle was the candle of joy. Just as love is not just a warm feeling, joy is not just a feeling of happiness. In fact, we can have joy even when we're feeling sad. Joy is knowing that even if life is hard right now, it won't always be that way. Because God will make everything right in the end. Okay, the fourth Advent candle was the candle of peace. In the Bible, peace is more than not having arguments or wars. Peace means that everything is the way it should be, that everything is perfect. The Bible says that God sent Jesus into the world to die for us, that we could have peace with God and others. <laughs> Today, we are going to light the last candle. I'm going to light it, Easton. The fifth candle, this candle represents that Jesus is with us now. The wait is over. The Savior is born. You want to read that, Eva? John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. We thank you, God, for sending Jesus to us. We praise you for his amazing gift. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you, kids, so much for leading us in our Advent reading and candles. Uh, they actually will be staying with us today. It's kind of like a family Sunday. We, it's Christmas. So you don't want to separate the family. Um, but we do offer, if your little one is getting uh, squirmy, we do have nursery available uh, that you could uh, go ahead and let them have some fun in there. I believe that you can even still watch the service in there. 
And, um, but we just look forward to, to just being together on Christmas Day. And also, we do have some coloring pages in the back over there along with some snacks. So if you need to bribe your little one, we're not above that. So uh, we are going to be jumping into our message today. And I just want to pray for us, and then we'll jump right into it. So you join me in prayer. God, we thank you so much for coming. We thank you so much for today, and not just the, the lights and the presence, but for your presence in our life, God, for your light in our life. And so I just pray right now that you would help each one of us to receive that gift from you, your presence with us. And thank you so much that you're with us even when we don't notice it, even when it's subtle, like when your birth came, God. So help us to appreciate that. Thank you so much for your word that it transforms our lives each and every day that we hear it. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, there's nothing like gifts. When you get to share a gift or give a gift, and especially when it's the gift, right? When it's, it's the one that you've been looking forward to. Um, I can remember back when I was a kid, and uh, I'm a true 90s kid, so the gift that I was looking forward to when I was in elementary school was Power Rangers, it was the Power Ranger action figures, and it was first generation, all right? So, like, it was, it was a pretty big deal. And I remember one Christmas morning waking up, and they were there. You know, I opened them all up, and I, I was so excited for getting these things. And I was, uh, just couldn't wait to, to run down the street, to run down the block to my best friend's house to show him, hey, look what I got. Look, I got the action figures. You know, I'm so excited. Which ones did you get? Did you get any? Did you get any Megazords, right? Um, and so we were, I was so looking forward to that. So I grabbed my toys, and I asked my mom about a million times until she said yes. And then I ran down the block. And as I'm on my way, I remember uh, my, my best friend, older brother, he was like high school age, was, came running out their front door. And he was running out the front door. He's still in his pajamas and he's screaming because across the street, parked across the street from him, was his brand new car. And he was so excited. Big bow, everything. And he was just very excited about this, you know, thing, obviously, and very movie-esque. And there I am with my action figures. And I remember as a little kid thinking, that's cool. It's no action figures, right? <laughs> I think it's just so funny that the gift looks so different for each and every one of us. And, and that the gift kind of changes as we get older. Uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, when you're a kid, functional gifts, like things that make sense for your everyday life, you don't really want that. You know, when it comes to, like, clothes, getting kid clothes, you know, they don't really want clothes unless it has, like, their favorite, you know, uh, character or something like that. Most kids don't really want that. I always had this one grandparents that always got me a nice sweater or a button-up shirt. And I remember as a kid having to, you know, paint the face on, like, thank you, you know. We all remember that as kids. But then you get older, and then all of a sudden those functional gifts, the ones that just make sense for your everyday life, all of a sudden are the things that you want. For a fact, um, on my list of things I was hoping to get this year was a button-up shirt or a sweater. Right? And I was like, these are the things I want now. <laughs> those, those things that just make sense to make our lives a little bit easier or just help us to continue on really help us in a big way. And in a much bigger way, that's kind of what we're talking about today. About a gift that maybe we didn't expect or really understand or know that came that completely transformed our life. Changed everything about how we would relate to ourselves, to the world, and most importantly to God himself. The fact that this gift came the best gift that we could ever get. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. 
See, Israel, for a long time, was waiting for this gift. Uh, in fact, if you were to look at uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, Malachi was kind of the last book of the Old Testament. And between Malachi and the New Testament, the Gospels, there's about 400 years there of the Israelites just waiting for 400 years, there was nothing on a large scale that God was going to do with his people. It wasn't that God had abandoned his people. He's still actively working with the people of Israel. But he didn't inspire anyone to write anything down. There was nothing that needed to continue on. He was just kind of sustaining them and saying, wait for my promised king to come. Wait for my presence to be there. And so he gave them different prophecies, like we're reading through Isaiah. So the first one that we're going to read is Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3, that talks about this uh, light that's coming. And so this is what it says, Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord arises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises up upon you and his glory appears over you nations will come to you and kings to the brightness of your dawn so for 400 years the israelites were waiting for this king for this moment to come for this messiah to come and like i said god had given them the law he had given them the prophets he had worked generation after generation with his people trying to help them understand what he was coming to do, what this Messiah would be like. And these people were a conquered people. They were a people who had constantly been conquered, first by Alexander the Great, and then he got handed off by generals, and then Rome took things over. It just, they are constantly not able to gain their own identity again, of being their own nation again. And so they are just struggling through this, and they're waiting these 400 years and waiting for this Messiah. And, and their idea of the Messiah was that the Messiah, this king, this person of God, would come in, and he would be like David and David, King David, was a war king, that he was going to come in and he would conquer Rome. He would conquer all the enemies of Israel. And when they read that third verse there, when they read that, ver that third verse, it says, nations will come to your light and the kings, uh, the kings to the brightness of your dawn. They were seeing that and they were saying, the nations will bow down before God as Israel is lifted up. That was their view. As, as Israel is lifted up, everyone will recognize they serve the one true God. And so we will bow down to that God. So they thought Israel would be lifted up by this king. But fortunately, God had something much more powerful and amazing in mind. See, God was preparing his people for a connection with him that they hadn't seen since Genesis 3, since we had sinned. He was going to reestablish a connection with humanity that we messed up, one that would not be corrupted by sin, one that we could have personal connection with God. That was the relationship that he was going to build towards. That's what his kingdom was truly about. And so they waited. And uh, as they waited and waited, suddenly, without anyone noticing, he came. And so we're going to turn to our first, our, our main text today. Uh, it's Luke chapter 2, verses 4, and we're reading all through 21, because today's Christmas, and we need to hear his story. 
So this is what was happening. The, the story goes that Caesar Augustus wanted to take a census of his kingdom. He wanted to see where people were from and where they were going. And so he uh, put a census out there to take an account of his people. And so this is where we pick up in verse 4. It says, So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judah, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And, uh, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This, is a, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see that this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, the shepherds, uh, the shepherds, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning uh, what they had been told to them about the child. And all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as was told to them on the eighth day when the time had uh, when the time to circumcise the child he was named Jesus the name the angel had been given him before he was conceived this is such an amazing moment obviously amazing story Jesus he's the son of God he's the God the son come down from heaven and he's born in the humblest of ways He's born almost like a poor child. There's no place for him in the town that he's in. Uh, this wasn't a part of Mary's birth plan to have a baby this way, right? She, she just all of a sudden has to have this baby, and uh, there's no place for them to be. And so she just does her best. And so they, she gives birth, and instead of a nice little bassinet and a clean little hospital, she lays them down in a feed trough, basically, in a major. So that's where Jesus starts. God the Father, I love this, celebrates. Any father here knows this feeling. When, you're, when your child is born, you can't help but want to just lift up that child and say, look, my child, this is like, look it, look it, look at what we did. Like, this is amazing. And I, just, I remember with each of my boys, that's how I felt. I just walked out of the room and just been like, she did it. He's here, right? I'm so excited. Like, I remember there was a friend down the hall, and I inappropriately burst into his room and was just like, 
Hey, they we're done. <laughs> He's here. And they were still in action, so I kind of got shooed out, right? <laughs> but, uh, but you're just so excited. You can't help but contain the, or just let the joy in your heart out. And that's exactly what we see here with God the Father. He's, he's, he's celebrating. We get a glimpse of heaven in a moment as it spills over. The celebration overflows to earth where the angels come down and they're celebrating. They're rejoicing for this moment because they know how big of a moment this is. And who are they celebrating with? Shepherds. Nobodies. The shepherds uh, are, aren't like these influential people. They're more like country folk right? They're just simple, average people. And so God comes down and he celebrates with these average people. And I love this. It's a picture of what church is supposed to look like. Let's talk about diversity, right? Like you got these shepherd country folk people hanging out with heavenly beings, right? It doesn't get more diverse than that. And so uh, they're celebrating this great moment. I think from that, we can take and understand that this good news is for everyone, it doesn't matter how much money you got, how much education you got, where you, what your background is, race, ethnicity, any of that stuff. This is good news for everybody. And everybody, every being, every cre- creature on earth can celebrate this good news. And so that's exactly what the shepherds do. They celebrate. They hear this great news. They see Jesus and they can't help but spread the word and share this good news with everyone that they meet. They, they, they're just, that's kind of what good news does, right? You get some good news, you just want to share it with other people around you. Or at least you should. Because when we share good news, it, it helps other people to be encouraged. And I think that's one thing that we should be doing in our lives is constantly sharing what God is doing in our hearts and our lives. When he comes through in a situation, let us praise with you. You know, some of us have been walking through hard things this last year. Some of us have uh, been praying for a new job. And if you got a new job, share that with us so that we can praise God with you. Maybe you've been going through a hard relationship and it's been a little rocky and, and God helps you get through the a bit breakthrough there. Share that good news with, uh, with one another so that we can praise with you. Maybe you, you're finding victory over an addiction or, or just something just given that you've been praying that God would do, or maybe you've, your sickness has gone away. Whatever it is that God has given you, share that with those people around you. Share that good news. And in that same way, we can praise with you. Because when we, when we see God working in your life, it encourages us to get through our hard times as well. When I see God's working in your life, it helps me to say, yeah. God, you did that for them, and you're going to do something amazing for me. I, I, I believe in that. No matter what the outcome is, I will praise you. So let us be a people who are praising God all the time, just as these shepherds were. They heard this good news, and, and they were so excited for what God was going to do with them. Jesus has come. He has come to bring us a new hope. He has come to bring us a new joy, a new peace, a new love, and a new way to live our lives for him. What I love about this story so much is there was people all over the, 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 um, the land there. Some people had no idea this was going on. You had the shepherds there who were like just all of a sudden found out this great good news. And then you still had some people who were waiting for the Messiah, who were, who were eager to hear this good news. And so we're going to read the story of someone who was eagerly waiting to see the Messiah. His name is Simeon. 
And so we're going to be reading uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32, and see how his uh, expectations, how excited he was to see this present, this gift from God. And this is what it says. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him that the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple court. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in, the arm, him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon has been waiting for this Messiah to come. He's been waiting for him to come. He's, he's, each day he's like, is it going to be today? Is it going to be today? He's eagerly waiting for that moment where he will see the Messiah. And then as the Holy Spirit moves in his heart, he says, you need to go to the temple. And so he goes. He follows the, the leaning of the Holy Spirit. This is why I said earlier that we know that God was still working in his people. We see Simeon there. God's working in his life, and he's being focused on God. He's, he's being faithful to God. And, and the Holy Spirit moves in his heart, and he says, I need to go to the temple so I can receive the gift that God has for me, the one that he promised me. And so he goes there. And I love, as soon as he sees it, he locks it and they confirms it in his heart and in his mind. And he says, praise God, for you have kept your promise, God. I can now die in peace because you have given me this amazing gift. I have seen Jesus, this Savior, while cha will change everything for the Gentiles and for your people, Israel. He's ready to receive this gift from God. What I love is that he trusts Jesus even before Jesus has done anything. Like he puts his whole faith in Jesus before Jesus has done a single thing, he has said a single word, anything like that. I mean, he's just a little baby, a couple days old. And Simeon can see that the fact that God is present there, right there in front of him, the fact that he can see the Messiah is right in front of him is all he needs for his faith. He trusts God even though Jesus has done nothing yet. I love that. I think there's something so clear for us to remember as well. What we celebrate today is not simply the presence or this, this idea of a birth, but the fact that God himself came down from heaven and was born. His presence on earth changed everything. It gave us a new day, a new way to live. Jesus' birth has changed everything. Christmas is not just a day, it is a day that we celebrate Jesus' birth. But it is also a day that we celebrate how his birth changed our life. It's a wonderful day for us to celebrate our new birthday, our birth as a new creation in him. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can live a new life in him, and today is a perfect day for us to celebrate that as well. We celebrate Jesus' work on earth, and we celebrate his work in our lives as well. And so I want to encourage you guys today 
to keep Jesus at the center of your lives, at the center of your celebrations, at your center of today. Keep him your focus. And maybe as you do that, also celebrate how he's worked in your life by sharing that with your, with your family or with your friends or whatever group. Share how God has come down not only just on earth, but come down into your life as well. And I think that will lead to praise. That will lead to these great moments of sharing the testimonies of his saints, which blesses all. So I want to encourage you guys today to remember Jesus' story that we just read today. But remember and share how he's working throughout your entire life. It's not just a day, it's a whole life time that we get to do this. So let us be like Mary, who treasured everything she knew about Jesus in her heart. Let us be like Simeon, who knew that the, uh, more than anything that this was his greatest gift that he could ever receive from God, the presence in his life. Let us celebrate like the shepherds and the angels with anyone who is ready to celebrate with us about this good news of God coming. And let's be a people who are constantly celebrating in a new way, because more than any gift you get today that you wanted or needed, you have Jesus, and that is the greatest gift that we could possibly ever receive. And that is why we celebrate today. So let, let me pray for you guys, and we'll continue to worship God. God, we thank you so much for coming. We thank you so much for today, God. Not, not just for all the holiday stuff, not for all the, the carbs and, and, and calories that we're going to eat and consume, God, but help us to just celebrate because you are here today. That you didn't just come 2,000 years ago, but you come today and interrupt our lives in new ways. Help us to be ready for it. Help us to be excited about it. Help us to share that good news with everyone around us. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for not leaving us to our own darkness, but shining your light and continuing to shine that light through generation and generation. Thank you so much for today, God, for everything that it means, for coming and loving us. And it's your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.